everyone. Welcome back to the Flying Lion Podcast. We are pumped to bring you some recaps of an awesome first playoff game we had last night. FC Cincinnati goes on a tear and wins 3-0 against New York Red Bulls. Zach, how are you feeling tonight and how are you feeling about that game? I will tell you my sleep wasn't uh, all that great, but man, my adrenaline was going all night. That was such a fun game. Um, granted, I don't like playing Red Bull. I, I think both <laughs> of us going into the game, we were just dreading it. Um, but overall, I mean, it was it was a fantastic Sunday. I mean, I can't tell if I couldn't sleep because I was so pumped about like not only this FC game, but the Bengals winning too. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that game and then, you know, just the fact that it was a late night game too. Um, I don't well, know. Yeah, if it, that I mean, way. With MLS, <laughs> with MLS, I mean, you get late night Sunday games like it. It gets silly. That's for I, sure. MLS after dark is a real thing. No doubt. <laughs> Real thing. But I'm I'm in agreement with you. I mean, for the whole last podcast, we kind of talked about how we were worried about how this game was going to go, how New York was going to play. But, man, we have to give credit where credit is due. Our team showed up in a big way. Maybe not in the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the game, but once they kind of got it together, um, I, I was happy overall with the result. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, Overall, I mean, a win is a win, especially in this format. But the way we got there, at least in the first half, I mean, you'll take a goal anywhere you can get it. <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, whether it's Red Bulls pressing high and we get them on the counter, you know, or um, we kind of get a loose ball that kind of pops up and we're able to get it to where we need to get it. I mean, I, th I think just... um the the energy they brought was different than what you would see in a regular season, in my opinion. Well, yeah, absolutely. And to be honest with you, like I was kind of not worried, but like the form recently at the end of the season wasn't there. And you have, you know, several weeks between winning your first trophy and then, you know, having to go to a meaningful game again, um, being, you know, yesterday's game. And for the boys to kind of put it together through that time period, you know, still find some results, but then to ultimately like show out like they did. Um, credit to to Pat for getting them ready, but for the players for showing up. Um, I, I think definitely for me, like the energy was there uh, in the stadium, different than a regular season game. Zach, could you <laughs> attest to that? I mean, the fireworks and the presentation, you know, the videos and everything like that uh, was top class. I mean, yeah, it was, it, it almost kind of was, uh, what, what do you call it? Um, on par with the like men's national team and Mexico mm. match, like that, that display they had at the beginning of the match was unreal. Honestly, like the, yeah. the amount of effort and money that they put into that was awesome. The, uh, that they actually played new videos. There wasn't mm -hmm. some like <laughs> rerun that we've seen, you know, half a dozen times so far, but, um, I mean, I think overall, I mean, I think FC Cincinnati is investing a lot in the um, the game day experience, which I, I was hesitant at first, especially coming out of the wooden spoon era. I think <laughs> it, it's hard to like get that engagement back. And mm -hmm. I think they did a, they've been doing a great job of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Ever since. I was just going to comment and say like, 
you see the pyrotechnic stuff come out onto the field. And I think I looked over at you immediately. I'm like, man, we used up our full budget on this tonight. <laughs> yep. And, you know, it was just kind of a, it was a dreary night. It was rainy. You know, the smoke just sat in the stadium. So, you know, it hits the national anthem and I couldn't even see the Bailey. So I'm like, man, I don't know how this is going to go. I saw online that they had a big TIFO that was prepared and, you know, I really wanted to see it. Um, shout out to our supporters and the Bailey for just the most incredible TIFO I've ever seen in my life. For those who didn't get to see it, um, we had probably about a 150 foot, you know, sheet sign that said from the depths we rise with Gary kind of coming out with the sword, just an incredible display by the supporters and to show like, look, we still, we run this league. Everything runs through TQL. It's our first home playoff game. Just unbelievable. I was speechless. I, I was going to say, I think that had to have been the, the largest TIFO display that we've put up. Yeah. I mean, in, I think you're right. In entire franchise, in my opinion, I don't know. I don't know if that's accurate, but I mean, it was a three panel piece. I don't think we've ever done a, I think we may have done a two, but right. three is like, I was kind of worried with the, uh, the rigging they had, but <laughs> I'm glad that they finally figured it out. But yeah, yeah I mean, I the, the even... details on that beautiful it was incredible i mean the whole thing was just unbelievable the only thing that kind of kept it from being just amazing was the smoke but it yeah. almost added to the effect of like from the depths we rise and the smoke is like coming up with it like you couldn't have written it any better than that yeah it was almost too planned wasn't it i mean it was just it, I, you couldn't see the other side of the bailey like at the end of the national anthem yeah it i hadn't seen the smoke that bad probably since I've been going to matches, but I mean, it was awesome. Great, great atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, that kicked off, I think the energy, I mean, how as a player, do you not look at that and say, wow, <laughs> like I'm playing in America and this is the energy we have for this first playoff game. Like I would be amped, you know, I would be so ready to go. So kind of getting into the game, you know, we looked at the lineup. Um, I think, I think honestly, like right after it was released, but a couple of surprises, Zach. Um, we had a few players in there that, you know, maybe we weren't expecting um, over the last kind of couple games of the season and building to what they had. I think injuries definitely played uh, kind of a toll on us, but in the end, it didn't matter. But Zach, what were your initial thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think we were both nervous about the depth at center back um, or just the back line in general. I mean, we, we had Gaddis starting, which was kind of a, shocker to both of us but then i mean in the end i mean he's the the veteran who can play in a playoff and really you know show his own and i apologize for the dog in the background but oh we can't um, hear it at all i can at least <laughs> just the distraction um <laughs> but yeah i mean gaddis yeah like you, you really don't expect him to play a full 90 let's be honest i i think you you see him coming out as a sub, but then we look at the bench and there was really nobody to, I guess, fill that role. Cause I, I guess you don't have Powell. You don't have, um, Arius was out. Arius. I mean, I guess you have Halsey, but I mean, I think he came on, I think they did a swap later in the match, yeah. but, um, I, I think that's what, um, coming into the next match, but that that's at a, a later time in this pod, but, um, <laughs> It'll be interesting to see uh, how that goes moving forward. Your point about uh, Gaddis, you know, had me thinking. 
when's the last time that he played 90 minutes? You know, maybe somebody could comment and let us know, but it's been a minute since he's started. It's been a minute since he's played meaningful minutes. Like earlier on in the year, we had him at center back. We had him at right back. I mean, he's a serviceable veteran. Anytime you're going to need him to plug in, like the dude shows up, you know, he tucks his shirt in and he goes about his business. And I just respect that. Um, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, I think we were both nervous um, for that um, right backside because, I mean, you're playing a Red Bulls team who, uh, I mean, presses and you've really mm-hmm. got to be on your step. I mean, you got to yeah. be quick. You got to be um, moving, which I, I guess we'll make a comment on that here soon, too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was yeah, matched uh, up with Tolkien. Right. The heart, the, one of the probably the second best bat, uh, wing back in the in the league, I would say. Yeah, him and uh, Kai Wagner, you know, they're they're both up there. So, but yeah, you have Gaddis there. Um, otherwise, the typical, you know, back line, Salentano and goal, normal midfield with Mourinho, Obi, Lucho. You get Don Baji up top, which I think, you know, last podcast we were actually calling for, the way he played in the Atlanta game. Um, and with all the Bupenza stuff going on, I, I really felt comfortable with Baji and the energy that he brings in. As Zach kind of alluded to, he he gets a hustle play that creates a, a goal. Um, so very happy to see Dom in there getting meaningful minutes. Um, we'll kind of you know get into the game in the first 15 minutes, Zach. We kind of looked a little bit flat. We made some mistakes that we're not typically used to seeing. Is it nerves? Is it the fact we hadn't played a meaningful game in a while? But to me, you know, Junior Mourinho was not quite there. And some of the other passes from the back line, you know, we weren't stringing it together. I think you could say that for the entire first half. I mean, let's be sure. honest. Getting ahead of ourselves, but really, the the, the Lucha goal was an an, an anomaly. Um, I I don't think that that was not a that was against the run of play. Let's for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the first fifteen minutes, yeah, Moreno. I I think there's something to be said about him. Um, he hasn't been his own. He he's completely off his game. Um, I guess ever since his international break, um, and and that kind of, uh, I, I think that kind of sets the tone because you really you need Obi and Moreno to really dictate the pace of the game, and yeah, Moreno, I think he was off the whole entire match more or less. I mean, he was slow on the ball. He was not getting the ball out of his feet quick enough. Um, errant passes, that sort of thing. So um, that that was my thought on the, the Moreno start and kind of seeing him in that starting role for that lineup. That's absolutely what stood out to me too. And to be honest, that kind of dictates the way that we play because we have to play through our midfield uh, to create chances to play out wide, to create chances to string it together with the forwards. And if you're giving balls away, especially on a pressing team, then you're on the back foot you know, more than not. And you're always defending four guys coming at you if you make errant passes. So thank God we have one of the best recovering center mids in the entire league and Obi to kind of clean up things. But, um, you know, as Mourinho wasn't playing so good, you see Wobodo just all over the field. And I haven't seen that dude play with as much energy as he did last night in a long time. And I was very pumped to see it. He had a great first half and into the second half he was playing pretty decent too he had some 
questionable uh, slide tackles that I think we'll talk on a little bit later. But, um, you know, he didn't end up getting a yellow card. That's a positive, you know, if you ask me in a three-game series. It absolutely is a shocker. We had bets on when Matt Bianca would get a yellow, and that ended up happening. But it was a weak yellow in the first half. But, man, finally, Zach, in the 23rd minute, we break through, though. You know, kind of like you said, against the run of play, it almost seems like um, we string together some passes in the midfield. And then it was a, a blonde connection. You know, I don't know if we really realized it until we got to the stadium, but Mourinho and Barrial both, you know, bleach blonde for the playoffs. Um, they got, they had to do something to, you know, cap off this run. So Mourinho plays this through ball to Barrial who kind of breaks through. Uh, actually, he's the one that plays Mourinho and then slips behind the defense. I don't know if you noticed that Zach. It was a give and go, wasn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah. I didn't, I, until I went back and watched, I'm like, man, they didn't track his movement at all. So he slips behind. He takes, I think, one touch and just finishes it into the corner beautifully with his left foot. Uh, what what a first goal. Yeah, I, I thought the exact same thing off watching the um, highlight review. The um, the defense was not tracking him at all. And yeah. he's one of those people that will slip through any any sort of lane. And, I mean, that, that pass from Moreno was I, I don't know if you saw it, the beautifully weighted, like, oh, it, was beautiful. it just had that backspin, and then it turned into, like, a nice yeah. roll. Like, that, that's exactly what Barrial wants. Perfect yeah. execution. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want from your left wing back and a guy who grew up playing, you know, more attacking style. Um, I think if you if you really look at the play, an underrated part of this is the movement of the forwards to give uh, Barrial the space to run through. If our guys are running through behind the line, it kind of brings the defense that way. They kind of pull them away. And actually, Lucho draws more attention. If you really go back and look, Lucho draws a few guys because they think that they're going to play into him. And it leaves space for Barrial to actually go behind. So, again, key play between those guys um, and maybe even an unspoken thing on drawing the defense. Um, pretty cool to see. We go up 1-0, which is something that we've talked about so much is just getting the early lead, especially at home. Second half of the season, it seemed like we were always playing from behind. So for us to take the lead was huge. Um, and then building on it and not getting complacent. Um, that was the other part. So in the 35th minute, Zach, just a unbelievable play. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we both agreed. That, I mean, Baji played his heart out this match and it really showed it on this uh, instance where he pressured the, uh, I, I think it was, I don't know if it was a back pass. I can't remember. It was a header. It was a back pass. It was an error. And... It, was, it was a header. Yeah. The guy went to like head it back to the keeper. Yes, that's right. And 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 it was, I don't I don't know why, because he was way out of his box, but <laughs> um Baji put the pressure on him, uh, played the Red Bulls game and you know clipped the uh ball against the keeper and it came spilling out and Lucho picked it up and I think he knocked it in from 35 yards out. Is that what I remember seeing? 35 is right. Yeah. Like just right around the, um, the start of the circle, the middle circle. I mean, it's gotta be a mark on one of the longer goals we've had in MLS history. I know Kenny Walker in the USL days had a goal from almost about midfield, but I don't remember another MLS goal where we've scored from that far out. Granted the keeper was out of the box, but how many times, like I think you said this on our way out, how many times have you seen a situation like that where a player has that much time off of a clearance or the keeper's out 
and they just either hit it over the goal or to the side. I mean, Lucho was so calm and just kind of just placed it right where he needed to. Yeah, I mean, I I was going to say, I at first thought he was going to miss it just because of the like <laughs> the amount of finesse and curve that it had. But yeah. um, I was for, fortunate enough to be a 2-0 up at the uh, 35th minute, that's for sure. That was an MVP, like, you know, we're going to give it to him type of situation there. But yeah, we go into half uh, 2-0 up. I think you see a kind of a response from New York's um, coach. You know, they sub three guys on at halftime to try to switch things up, become a little bit more attacking. Um, One thing I just wanted to mention was kind of some of the foul calls in the first half, and we'll maybe touch on it a little bit later, but it was just kind of inconsistent to me. You know, we see how many times that we commented on Vasquez had a defender on his back. He gets shoved down or hit. And, you know, they call a foul, but how many times is that going to happen before they get a yellow? And then Miazga does the same thing on a challenge, and he gets a yellow on his first foul. You know, at, at what point does the, you know, where what draws the line on that? Yeah, and, and they didn't even equate each other. Like, right. The, like, well, I think you saw multiple reviews on the, the, the Jumbotron where you could clearly see, I think Tolkien in particular, where, <laughs> yeah it was just like a light tap or like a, a fingernail, like you said, and he's yeah. going down like it's any ridiculous. sort of like effort where he's got a stretch, he's going to be going down or yeah. any player for that matter. And I think they need to hold him accountable for diving. I mean, that it had become the Red Bull style is just to fall to the ground. And it just drives me crazy. <laughs> Absolutely drives me crazy when they just fall like that. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say the, um, Sorry, we, we got a squeaking dog, but uh, <laughs> going going into the like a- after the the fur the whole first half, going into halftime, you, you really look at the um, the stats after that. I mean, we had three shots; two yeah. of those were goals. I mean, we really weren't playing that well. Let's be right. honest; right. we were not making chances. We weren't really we weren't really doing anything, but we were putting in away the chances that we did make. So How many times have I said half chances when you games? Absolutely. And it really showed in that game. I mean, that's 2-0 up at half. I mean, yeah. I mean, how many, I guess, playoff games can you say that you can <laughs> you can really do that off three shots? Right. Yeah. But in a, in a meaningful game, you find ways to win. I think that's the biggest thing that you have to do. And as we go into the second half, um, you know, we're up 2-0. We don't want to... We don't want to be complacent in the back of my head the whole time. I'm thinking two is the most dangerous score in soccer, you know, because as soon as they get one and especially a New York team, if they do, they're going to press even more. They're going to throw more bodies up. The second half was, I think I saw Pat Noonan even commented on it. We got a little bit away from our game plan and it kind of came to an opportunity for them. Uh, well, several opportunities, I should say for corners and free kicks. Um, you know, I think we were in the, double digits maybe in the amount of free kicks that we gave away on our side of the ball. I mean, I can't count how many times there was a foul five, 10 yards outside of the 18, but on the side, thankfully not in the center uh, where, you know, Tolkien whipped in a ball and we just cleared it away. So props to the guys for really clearing their lines and staying strong in the box. But that really, for me was the story of the second half. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great, great shout because I think the, um, the, 
clearances. I think I think we had like what was it over twenty clearances. I think in that yeah. the whole match, but I yeah. mean in particular there was. I think they. I mean, at, looking at the stats, Red Bulls had were beating us on every facet, like yeah. crosses, um, shots, aerial duels, one like right. everything, which is kind of I, going back to. Um, part of my uh, part of the week, but um, <laughs> we'll touch on it a little bit more later. Yeah. But the just the second balls, I think, was yeah. a, a really big problem, and it has been a problem. I think in the past few matches, um, I guess not being where, not expecting where the ball is going to go, essentially off of right. a, a header or yeah. If you're not going to win the like first that. one, at least position yourself to win a 50 50 on the second one yes exactly and Absolutely. and i think and, and you're right i think that there was a different in the second half a different play style or plan like like pat noonan he was saying that we got away from the our plan but i, I think it kind of played into what red bulls like it was kind of a tactic against what red bulls played into in the second half because i think they were they were just throwing men forward right, right. like yeah i i think I think you even said like, I don't think they had any center backs in the second half or maybe in the middle of the second half. I think they subbed all their center backs out and put right, forwards in. Yeah. So I think it was a testament to that and kind of playing uh 4d chess a little bit in that way. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I thought it was interesting to see kind of how they would rebuttal it, especially in a game where, you know, there's nothing, per se to lose in terms of like throwing people in to try to go for it, no matter how much you're down, because it's not by score aggregate. It's by, you know, each game that you win, you have to win two games to move on. So why not try to go for it? Um, and to kind of counteract it, you know, we see New York make four subs, I think before we had a single sub. So I don't know about you, but we were calling for it. At least, you know, I was, um, and wanting fresh bodies out there because at some points in the second half, it kind of got stagnant. And that's the part that worries me moving forward the rest of the playoffs. And we can touch on this a little bit, but getting fresh legs in there, you know, you, you see Kubo come in in the second half and kind of change the way the midfield looks, creating chances, really driving forward. Um, he trusts Mourinho, but he had a bad game. Let's be honest. And at what point does, our argument become when does Kubo get his time to shine for it? Um, so I don't I don't know. There's a there's a case to be made there. Um, and we can touch on it moving forward later on, but it, it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think we could talk a little bit about the subs. I mean, I you you have our latest sub is Bupenza, which we we were kind of expecting to kind of play some sort of role in the second half. Right. But really you didn't see a an actual like leg fresh leg kind of sub until the 82nd minute, which is like, I feel like way too late in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it might be a good thing that we're playing stagnant just because I mean, Red Bulls are playing stagnant too. If we're playing stagnant, <laughs> right? Like I yeah. felt like it was kind of a two way street in that aspect. So I can kind of see where he was coming from on that aspect, but yeah, it just, I kind of want to see other players play too. And when, when you see Moreno not doing his job, essentially yeah. um, seeing Kubo we... is just a fire. Like he puts so right. much energy out there. I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't count. Um, 
how many chances he tri he uh, created, but I mean, there was multiple where they could have ended up being goals, but he kind of sure. just kind of ball got caught under him or something. But yeah, I think Kubo is, he's such an underrated player and doesn't get enough uh, respect in my eyes. Do you think even with, I mean, a two goal lead in the 80th minute, even the 60, 70th minute, I would say probably the 70th minute is where I would consider it. Do you get other players experience at that point? and get them prepared for moments potentially when we need to call on them later on in the tournament. You know, we kind of wait until later on, but Hey, you're up two goals, man. Rest some of your guys to get them ready for the next game. Maybe he really just didn't feel as confident with the way that the game was going. Like it maybe, you know what I mean? Like it didn't, didn't seem like he was fully like wanting to let go completely because of how many, you know, chances, honestly, that they had kind of created. Um, I didn't ever feel like terribly threatened by their attack in the second half, but there was enough fouls in situations on corners that it made it a little bit nervy in a, in a sense, even though it was a two and then 89th minute, we score our third goal to go three, three Oh up, um, which let's, let's talk on that one because Holy moly, man, uh, what a play. So ball gets kind of bounced around in New York's half. Uh, I think actually Kubo drives it down the side is what happens. I think you're right. Tries to play the ball across. It gets deflected to Lucho, who plays a right-footed ball over the defense. Of course he finds Barial. He plays the ball in the space where Barial is going to be. I mean, that connection there is first amazing. You see Barial where he starts his run and when the ball is played. He hits it up to himself on a full stride and has the whereabouts to put that touch right onto a you know left-footed shot. Unbelievable. I mean, somebody said it online, and I, I want to give credit where credit's due, but I don't remember who said it. It's essentially, Zach, like alley-ooping yourself in basketball. You know? <laughs> Is it not? I mean, it's, I mean, you're like essentially juggling to yourself and then yeah. ripping a shot. I On mean, a full sprint. Yeah, like... Grant, I mean, it was the exact same spot as his first goal. I th I'm pretty yeah. sure looking at yeah. the, the the map, but yeah, I mean, the ability to like the juggle it, and then I don't know how you can do that while you're also trying to like hit it volley right. and look at the goal at the same time, and not like, just blast it over the goal. I mean, he got over the ball too, even though he it didn't like bounce down to the ground. It bounced up, and he hit it on the volley. I, it, I was speechless. Like as soon as he hit it to himself, I like stood up in the stands, like before yeah. he even shot it. I was like, there's no way he's hitting this in. Yeah. Go lasso. And Go lasso. Unreal. Um, it, it was shown on uh sports center this morning. Actually, they said he was one of the performers of the day from yesterday. So absolutely huge, huge performance for Barry all um, that actually, and I'll, I'll kind of touch on it was, one of his bigger moments in his career and kind of solidifies him as the best left back, in my opinion, in the whole league. Um, but ever. to get a third goal, ever, yeah. <laughs> to get a third goal, though, just makes you feel so much more comfortable going into the last stages of the game. We can then sub out, you know, Lucho to get some rest, uh, which, by the way, he played through some knocks in this game. Um, I even caught the training staff through him over some. Uh, anti-inflammatories because uh, he had rolled his ankle earlier on in the game. So shout out to them for keeping our players 
on the field, but um, I'm happy with a three Oh win, man. That was uh good to see. Oh man. Yeah. I, I think we really needed that, especially losing to them earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of a rivalry going on between them, especially with um, last year. Um, mm-hmm. Very physical match, man. Every time it's, it, it's always a, I feel like a 50, 50 match going yeah. into it. You don't know what's going to come out of it. You also don't know how many yellow cards you're going to get <laughs> because it's going to be right. physical. Yeah. Um, we'll but, touch on that later on. I think especially is like looking forward now, you know, with all of the stuff that was happening in this game with, you know, Baji and some of their defenders shoving. Um, how does that carry over to the next game on terms of keeping that in your, in your mind, you know, keeping your cool for those games. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, but again, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. I wanted to kind of tell you this stat, though. I thought it was interesting. It was the first time we've beat New York Red Bulls at home uh, in our history. So I, I think that's that, wild. That stat's kind of crazy. I was thinking back. We actually lost to them earlier this year. Last year, we didn't beat them. Um, so first time we beat them at TQO, which is kind of cool. Um, and then we are now tied with four other teams for having the most goals in the first home playoff game in the MLS for like an expansion side with three goals last night. So that was kind of cool. That's pretty awesome. I, it, it's kind of funny. You say that. I think, I feel like the antithesis, antithesis is an expansion team losing AKA <laughs> yeah. St. Louis. Right. They lost, was it four, four, one. four to one? Four That's one. gotta be rough, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's Roman cool Berkey sport. and uh, Bradley Carnell for coach of the year and keeper of the year or MVP. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That, that <laughs> could be fun. a, honorary card for the week i guess they just they didn't play well at all but this is not a st louis city podcast so (laughs) zach i got a trivia question for you yeah let's let's hear it including this past game how many playoff wins does fc cincinnati now have in their history and that's uh including the usl days as well i'm looking for a total number Past game, how many playoff wins? Wins, right? Playoff mm. wins. I'm going to have to probably say we'll play. Is that that's not including any cup runs either, is it? Correct. Just the playoffs for end of season. End of season. I, I, I'll, I'll say six. All right. Six it is. Wait until the end of the podcast and we'll give you our answer. I think we're going to go to break now, and uh, we'll be right back with you guys. So Agility is a technology-driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, That would be Tech Touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment, and working on decision-making. We also have a circuit. Uh, Circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster and eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical core skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that. So we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back, everyone. We are pumped to 
Talk about an awesome win last night that FC had against New York Red Bulls. First game of a best of three series for the first round of the MLS Cup playoffs. That was a word, like a jumble there, Zach. That's a, <laughs> that's a lot of words that we got to say for first win, best of three, first round MLS Cup. Play. I hate it. Yeah, the format is ridiculous. But um, talking about ridiculous things, Zach, what was your what was your card of the week? Yeah, so I actually have a couple. Um, I, I would say my we'll we'll start with least and then get to worst. Um, so my least, um, it, it's only been really kind of at the forefront the past couple games. I mentioned it earlier, but winning off second balls, um, it I think it that I feel like that's part of our our strategy in the beginning of the season is every time we would, would win those second chances or those second balls, we would quickly turn on a dime to counter them. Like, cause we're already in the, the their uh, half of the field right. and you only need to beat like four or five people. And you already have like five off of um, attackers, like on our, on that side of the field. So really, I mean, it's, it's a, a lost chance in my opinion. And I mm-hmm. feel like, we created so many opportunities for scoring when we did that. And I think it's telling too, because we also had a lot more shots on goal earlier in the season than we do now. And I guess on average and consistency, consistency. But it's just frustrating. I mean, I think you've called it out multiple times while we're sitting there watching the matches. It's like, nobody's going for the ball. Nobody's putting in the effort on that second second ball it's like they just head it and just hope for something to happen but mm-hmm. nope everybody just stands there yeah no i i agree it's like you okay if you can't win the first one at least position yourself to win the second and that for me is an effort thing um which needs to be addressed um you know we score in the 23rd minute zach and our players are already going off to the side to get water <laughs> It's like, are you that tired from 20 minutes of play? Like, I know we were battling and it was a physical, like, dueling game. But, you know, come on, you you can't win the second ball. And it almost looked like New York wanted to win those opportunities more. And usually that's more telling in how a game goes. Yeah, that's so. I, I totally forgot about that. I, that's We're not talking about that on the cards, but it's a good yeah. point that you brought up just during the game. Just I, I think it's uh, going to be something that we'll build off of just getting that um, the, the, the game day, f- uh, conditioning or the, right. um, fitness. Thank you. I, I couldn't fitness, think of the word. Yeah. <laughs> game day fitness or match fitness. Right. I, I think that's what better team to play than Red Bulls. Right. <laughs> no kidding. Um, yeah, but moving on to my second, my, my bigger, um, you want to call this one your red, if the yeah, let's call it yellow. red because yeah. it, it frustrated me and I think it frustrated you. Um, mm-hmm. Roman Salentano's distribution oh off God. of pressure. Uh, it's infuriating. I, I don't know how many times he kicks it out of bounds, yeah. like very close to our goal on our side. And it, it just hit it up the field. Just clear it more or less. Don't even try to aim. Just hit it in the middle. Right. Yeah. Like I, I think it's, I, I it, in my opinion, it makes or breaks Roman's like, uh, it like if whether he's gonna go to Europe or something or not. Like, sure, yeah, I feel absolutely. like I mean he's a great ball or goal stopper, like bar none. But 
his distribution and like backline passing and his yeah. positioning in the back is infuriating and it's stressful to watch. Oh, a hundred percent. It's, it's stressful, but it kind of kills some of like what we do is in a lot of senses, we play the ball to Miazga or play to Yerson and they have pressure. So they play it back to Celentano and then Celentano just hits it out of bounds or isn't able to direct it where he needs to go half the time. If we really trusted that person, we'd spread the field wide. The teams would have to kind of separate and it would create more space for our players. Um, to me, that's a great point because, you know, I watched Man City, Man United yesterday morning and you see one of the best distributors in the world playing in Ederson. I mean, that guy is unbelievable on where he puts the ball. And that's really what separates an MLS goalkeeper from a Premier League player. You can save all the shots you want and have great fundamentals and shot stopping ability. But in the modern game, you are a sweeper keeper. You know, you mm -hmm. need to be able to play with your feet to create opportunities. And I think with the forwards we have, especially two bigger bodies up there right now, yeah, if he's up. able to find those players to set up, you know, again, this is going to tie back into it. Celentano to play it to Vasquez. Vasquez on the second ball for Lucho to win it and then create an attack. I mean, you're 100% right with both of them. Um, and I think they do tie together. Yeah, I really do think both your cards and you probably didn't even plan it, but <laughs> I, I think you're circle. exactly right. Yeah, no, absolutely. You nailed it. So yeah, good call. How about you? My card of the week uh, was the timing of the playoff games. I mean, Zach, let's be honest. We're the number one seed, but we got kind of screwed at our timing. I mean, Sunday night, weeknight, I guess, technically with Monday, you know, 8 mm -hmm. p.m. in the rain. You know, thanks for the number one seed. And here you guys go. You get the terrible time slot. I mean, St. Louis started at nine and they're number one in the West, but eight o'clock time. I think that turned a lot of people away from going to the game. We still ended up having like 24,000 people at the game. I think I actually saw a stat. So we were pretty close to a, a sellout and it kind of felt that way in the stadium, but the timing has got to be better because then you have games tonight on a Monday or a Tuesday and it's just like all over the place. Yeah, I I mean, I guess of all the times that I'd rather play, I mean, I guess it would be a weekend, but still, like, at least seven, like, give us, or five, like, give us a better time slot being a yeah. number one sleep. I mean, I, I it would benefit us, I, and I, I would imagine, having an away team play later at night like that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, shoot, I hate playing late night games for my pickup team <laughs> or for my weeknight games. Uh, right. matches but like it, it it makes a big difference the earlier you play i would say yeah so that was my yellow uh my red of the week is kind of uh very sad uh red um unfortunately dominic baji was suspect to uh racist comments online um on his instagram page um zach there's no room for that in soccer there's no room for that in general um I thought it was personally related to the situation on the field that had happened. Um, you know, you see Dom get really heated with one of the New York players uh, and actually like, throws a shove at one point. Thankfully, you know, it, it didn't come from another player, um, but it's not acceptable at any time. Yeah, it's I, it, there's not much you can say other than it's just it's despicable. Uh, it's disgusting. 
nobody should ever have to be subject to that. Um, yep. Anytime, anywhere. Yep. We stand with you, Dom. I mean, I think everyone in FCC land is here to support you. We love you. You know, you're a great player. You put your heart on the field. You know, how many people stood up and clapped for him when he came off the field at his sub? I mean, everyone loves him and his support um, of the club. You know, you see him in the community and then his effort on the field. We love blue collar players, but um, his his work ethic has been just phenomenal. I mean, that's a great call out. I mean, Baji, he, he steps up when he needs to, and it, it shows with him being a starter in this uh playoff match i mean wonderful human being great player sad to see uh what's happening on the uh interweb with that it's gonna be kind of like my honorable like jersey swap too because you know i i thought the dude had a great game in some ways as well um and really just provided a spark that we needed so on that note zach what was your jersey swap of the week yeah, my I I wouldn't say uh he he played um particularly well in the fact that like he he brought a lot offensively, but I mean it seemed Obi and Wobodo he was everywhere. I felt like it, like we said Moreno was slack and he picked up his slack. He was covering for Moreno when he was mm-hmm. not able to be where he needed to be. I felt like Obi was like, I, he he just seemed like he was everywhere on the pitch. I mean, I, I'm I'm curious to see what the stat is for how much he uh ran that that match, like the distance traveled. But, um, yeah, I, I mean his uh work ethic and physicality is bar none, best in MLS. I mean, I think he's the best six in my opinion. Um, hundred percent. Wish he uh would get more, um kind of media uh, just being talked about and whatnot, but yeah, he's great player. He's my Jersey swap of the week. He led the team with uh, four tackles on the night um, in a game where I really felt like we had to dictate the midfield to win the game, um, especially on the more defensive side. The last time Red Bulls came into TQL, they kind of dominated in that area, albeit we had kind of some backups in at that time, but the difference that Obi makes in playing in understanding where his other defenders are, his ability to track back and win balls, you know, that you don't think that he's going to win, that he ends up winning out of nowhere, uh, blocking shots in the box, just wrecking havoc with the, with the team. So he's showing up in the playoffs when we need him. And that kind of, in a way I want him to get his credit, but I also want him to be low key because I don't want him to go anywhere. I mean, yeah, I I would I would agree with that. I mean, it his his stats like they're they never look great on paper, but yeah. like you you can tell when he's playing on the field. Like right. it's very evident because he the amount of pressure he puts. It's I I think anybody would be blessed to have him on a team. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about you, man? Real shocker here, but I'm gonna go Barial. Um, <laughs> Alvaro just had one of the best games I think I've ever seen him play. And it's kind of been building, you know, you see him score against inner Miami um, recently. And then, you know, building up to this game when we really need him to step up, because again, we've talked about it all year. The offense goes through him in some ways. 
and he shows up. Your left back gets two goals. First brace or two goal game of his career. Um, in any, I think in any level, I actually looked that up. Um, so awesome that he gets two goals in this beautifully finishes like his second one. Even the first one is tough. I mean, his angle that he had to even finish it, uh, is tough. I mean, that, that was a very tough angle and he puts it away. So, um, happy to see that, but also that he actually played pretty decent defense. I would say too, there was a few occasions where, you know, I was seeing New York come down the side. He would kind of get his body in front of the defender or in front of the uh, offensive guy, I should say, and win the ball back. Um, he's become just an unbelievable left back and more of like a wing back. Um, it would be very interesting to see what happens at the end of the season, but I'm, I'm really going to miss him because he's just turned into one of the more exciting players to watch, like very much up there with Lucho in terms of like watchability. Absolutely. And, and just the, the amount of um, uh, connection that those two have is just incredibly fun to watch. Like it's hard to say that you you enjoy watching a left back play with a center attacking. Oh, I know. It's so strange to say, but like, yeah, Yeah. Barrio is technically a a left wing or left, I guess you want to call it. Um, But I mean, he's really, he's gotten so comfortable in his role that, I mean, he's getting looks from the big, big clubs and it's going to be, like you said, sad to see him go and see how he really, I mean, he's brought this club to where it has been. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, him and then a couple of others, but I mean him in particular, because having a left wing back is, or a right wing back, that position is so difficult to fill. In the modern game of soccer or football, whatever you want to call it. I mean, the systems of wing backs have become the thing, you know, at any level. Um, you look at Manchester city and how they use their left back. Now um, you look at, honestly, I, I really thought that a good comparison of Alvaro would be to uh, David uh, Alaba, you know, who used to play for um, Bayern Munich, you know, a guy that for his national team plays in center mid or plays up top and is just as such an attacking type of defender, um, but can really lock down when he needs to. Um but has great footwork. I mean, Alvaro's just perfected so much of his game, his crossing. You know, we've seen some great crosses by him. Um, all facets of the game, he's really locked it in, even his right foot last game, you know? So I'm very proud of his, if you want to call it character arc, Zach. Um, yeah. One of the only players we've had literally from like when he's been really young to the point now where he's world-class to kind of see his progression. And it honestly reminds me of FIFA, you know, and playing FIFA, you see a young player come in and you see their potential number, you know, they say potential, meaning like overall, what is their ceiling? You know, what can they get up to? And that's how you kind of decide who you buy in like the FIFA manager mode, right? Mm -hmm. He is really starting to fulfill that potential. Like, I don't think he's even hit his ceiling because he's only like 23. I think he's like still pretty young. So, yeah. I, wherever he goes, I'm going to buy this dude's jersey. I'm hopefully going to be buying an Argentina jersey for him because him and Lucho just put on a masterclass for this playoff game. Oh, man. And, and I was just briefly looking at stats. I think this this season in all comps, he's had 17 goal contributions. Wow. That's goals and assists. Like Holy crap. I, 
for left wing back, you can't ask for more than that. That's that's the best you'll get. Like yeah. he's going to be a legend here, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just amazing in a year how he went from like we've said it before, not even being considered a starter and not having a role on the team to the best left back in the league. On you know up there with Lucho for best on the team. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, I I just I'm my jaw drops seeing some of the um moves and um trick shots, I guess you could say, <laughs> that he pulls like yeah. you don't know what they're gonna do, but they they do it well. He's got more in the tank too. I'm excited to to see what happens next. You know, it's kind of one of those situations every time they're together, like something magical is gonna happen. So leading up to I guess that and talking about uh next game. You know, this best of three thing is kind of strange. So, again, for those not familiar, FC has to win two games to advance to the next round, uh, which would be the conference semifinals. We're in the quarterfinals right now. Um, So next Saturday, or this coming one, I guess I should say, at 7 p.m., we're going to be playing game two in New York uh, on grass. Thankfully, Zach. Probably in front of, uh, you know, a total of maybe 5,000 people uh, because New York doesn't attend. Um, but I know our FC supporters will be there. There's several people that have already bought their tickets and they're ready to go. And I, I love seeing uh, orange and blue on, on the away games. It's uh, pleasant to see, especially with the playoff game. I think uh, I, I think we, we might be louder than the Red Bulls. Believe it or not, <laughs> we've heard last like last year when we played there in the playoff game, um, you could hear our chants. Like I'm pretty sure you could hear it. I, I mean, I guess that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that I, I love the uh, I, I, the name's totally lost on me now. But the uh, that supporters group in New oh, York, Oxilla One, Oxilla One, they're a great great group of people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and they they bring it for every game that we play there. Um, I saw another kind of funny thing is like, let's knock them out two years in a row in the playoffs at their home stadium. Who wouldn't love that? Especially the Red Bulls, you know, I mean, that would be crazy, but yeah, I mean, I I think to, to your point, I mean, we win, we move on. Let's, let's pound out a, uh, another, uh, three, uh, win, (laughs) I guess it doesn't matter how we win, but let's, let's pull out a win. Um, no injuries, hopefully. I, I'm hoping. Yeah. I guess moving forward, we can kind of, kind of talk about like lineups, expected um, players to be um, rotated. Maybe I don't know. Um, do do you do you put in a like a full starting lineup, given that it's only the second game? We want to one and out, so we don't have to play three, um, so we get like a break. Um, I, I guess. What are your thoughts on that? Knowing Pat and the way that he's played this whole season, he's going for the jugular. Like he's going to put the best eleven on the field, and whoever's available, you know, is going to be there and is going to going to start. You know, maybe we see a slight rotation um, of maybe Alvis Powell plays right back, or maybe Arias is back and he's able to play a half. You know, that would be for me the best scenario is he gets a solid forty five minutes in then we can bring in Powell or we can bring in, you know, uh, Gaddis, you know, at right back. Um, but just to get some of his legs back, I really think that we're going to rely on Powell and Arias now because Nick Hagelin's rumored to be out for the rest of the season. Um, so our, our center back depth is kind of questionable moving forward. Um, but to your point, I think, I think he goes for it. 
I mean, I, I would I would imagine just based off his previous um, post game conferences, um, press conferences, um, I think our our defense is going to be the most questionable throughout the playoffs. To your your point about Haglin mm-hmm. being out, I it, it's a real shame um, because I, I think Haglin really shows up in playoffs, and right. it, it's it's really a bummer to see him out um, the rest of the season. And I think, I mean, really are, are, I guess you got Powell, but then you also, you're missing Arias this past match. So it's, there's a very hard dynamic that you got to play. And and maybe Halsey gets his uh, playoff debut. I mean, he's, he's going to probably have to play a, a few minutes. I imagine coming I guess through the next few games. Zach, is Jeff Cameron available to play? <laughs> <laughs> Just sign him real quick, right? <laughs> He's been hanging out down with the FC players in Miami when they've been down there and online been kind of shouting them out. But man, could we use him off off the bench as a sub if we really needed it for 15 minutes, you know? He's already <laughs> Just played get with some the sort team. of fresh legs. Yeah, man. Why not? Um no, I I, I think we'll be good. Um we have enough versatility in some of the players that we have, uh, you know, either right backs or left backs that can play in the center, maybe moving to a four back system instead of a five back system. Um, those are kind of the worst case scenarios in my opinion, but um, you know, I, I think he puts his best foot forward. I think we really go for it and I hope we don't get caught up at Red Bull, you know, with them playing at home, they're going to bring a lot of energy in to start the game, we looked flat and kind of got away with it, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. So we got we to gotta come out with more energy to start because then if he says, hey, if you really put in your full effort, you get a week off. You know, you don't have to play in this third game. Potentially some other teams have to play in that. It creates an opportunity where, hey, now you get some rest time and you can get your legs back and go back at it in two weeks. Um, but that's more of an incentive to do that at their place, you know, and in that manner again. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think we, I think we drew them earlier this season at, at their place. I mean, I, I really wouldn't like to go to any sort of PK. We um, we did an open cup. We drew them and went to PKs, but in the regular season, we were down one um, Oh, and we ended up winning with an OB goal in like the 90th minute. Oh, the, is that the two one win? Two one win. Yep. Oh man, yeah. I I, I think it's gonna be uh, with just judging based off their their um, recent match, what what sort of strategy are they gonna try to play? Um, and I guess we'll know when once the refs um, <laughs> assignment comes out. But yeah. really, I, I think they're gonna resort to the same sort of tactics they did this past game. I mean, I, Unfortunately. I think you're right. It was a bit, bit, a bit of an anomaly that we were up 2-0 at half. Um, I, I think Red Bulls really were the dominant team in the in most of that game. And it, it, it'll be scary, at least being at the, the their home court and with their 5,000 fans, right? Yeah, how much of an advantage is that, though? I mean, maybe, <laughs> yeah. but maybe not. At the same token, but yeah, I, I think the the fact that we played there last year in a playoff game helps to kind of build into, hey, we can go into their place and still beat them. We have that confidence, and we beat them there earlier this year twice. You know, so 
Uh, don't get complacent. Come out strong. You have a 1-0 lead on this series, you know, in the playoffs, but you got to show up. You got to finish it out. Um, Zach, I, I'm curious on your thoughts on do we keep uh, Baji up there or do we do we put Bupens in to start the game? I, I guess it kind of depends on how Baji's feeling. I, I He took a few hard hits in that match. I'm hoping he's going to be uh, fresh, but I, I would say if he's 100% fresh, I think I would still play Baji over um, Bupenza and maybe have Bupenza come in hot um, in like the 60th minute, maybe a little bit earlier than last this past match. Just so I, I think they have some consistency for a certain amount of time just so he can kind of get a get a um, groove going um good shout i think that's that's a good point if he's healthy will be the key but you know he's going to leave his heart on the field and in a team where like you're playing against such high energy bring high energy to counter it you know um press them going forward and then they make mistakes Um, yeah i I think it's so funny because like And I don't know if it's just because of their size, but it just seems like both Vasquez and Bupenza, they just like, when they're sprinting, it doesn't really look like they're sprinting that hard, does it? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't. When they're going for the ball, I'm like, it doesn't look like they're really going that fast or like trying their hardest to get to that ball, like that 50 50 ball that goes to the corner, right? And so it'll be, it'll be good to see. uh, Hopefully, Baji get a start on that. We've talked so much about the second striker, but I mean, let's talk about our main guy. Brandon Vasquez has kind of been a little bit absent in some ways. He had a better game, I thought, um, you know, this past game versus the Atlanta game. Uh, man, what a moment would it be for him to start getting hot and start scoring some goals uh, in this next game? Yeah, I, I think he really needs to get his foot on the ball a lot more than he uh, currently does. Um, he, he He's been doing holding up play better, but better, yeah. I, I think we, we even made the comment that like he actually made a good pass, like surprisingly <laughs> to um, I think it was to Yerson Mascara, who for some reason was right, there. Right. Cool. Um, he had a good but, run down the side. He beat the defender and uh, put a decent ball in. You're right. But yeah, all of a sudden Yerson's out of nowhere. Like, I don't know where he came from. <laughs> that's a side note, but yeah, I, I would say, I think Vasquez needs to, I, he's just not on the ball moving forward enough. He's yeah. always going backwards. And I think as a, as a striker, you score by sh- going, <laughs> going forward. forward right. right? <laughs> I, I just feel like there's something lacking. I don't think he's getting the ball moving forward enough. He's not direct. The few games that I remember in the past, like there was a lot of chances last year where we'd have um, balls whipped in from either right back or left back, you know, Barrial maybe he's got to pick him out better in the box. Uh, I would love to see like a free kick, you know, goal or a corner goal to kind of boost his confidence um, in the box. Um, but then also balls played behind was going to be my other talking point is like he used to feast on, hugging the back line and finding space behind. And to be honest with you, if there's a weak spot in New York's lineup, it's their defense. Like they don't have great center backs um, from what I can remember. And they leave space because Tolkien gets kind of pulled up high um, and it, it leaves opportunities, especially with two 
strikers um, and with Lucho kind of occupying so much space too. So uh, that that's what I'm going to be looking for is for him to really step up in this next game. I'm going to call a two, one win. Uh, what do you got for this one? You know, I, I think they're going to shut him out okay. again. I, I think it might be, I, I think they're going to eke out a one Oh win. Love think, to see it. I think Roman's going to get another shutout. Yeah, I mean, this is another one for him. So he's, I guess, through the whole season, including this, he's like tied, I guess, technically for the most. But regular season, he was in second. Good shout, though. Um, yeah. Hopefully his distribution gets better. <laughs> I know, right? I, yeah. I, I really hope it doesn't resort to a uh, PK, but um, right. which I think, like you said, Khan would be a better matchup on that. But uh, yeah, I, I think we'll pull out a 1-0. Nice. Zach, before we go, I wanted to give you our trivia answer here. Right on. What so, was the question again? Question again, including this past game, how many playoff wins does FC Cincinnati have in their history? And this includes the USL days. Zach, I think you locked in six. Is that correct? That is correct. I think I said six. This is their third playoff win of all time. Wow. I was shocked by this, but... We won this year in this game. We beat New York last year. That's the only two we've had in MLS. In USL, the only win we had was against Nashville in PKs in the 2018 season. Otherwise, what? yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we've lost in the first round um, and haven't had a win. So that's our third playoff win we've ever had. Considering how many times we were so dominant in the USL days, I'm surprised we didn't get further. For how dominant we were, I mean, in the regular season, but never quite found it, you know, in the playoff runs. Um, so I, I thought that was very interesting. That is a shocker, I will admit. But this is a different team. As we touched on, you know, we have 13 different players that have been in playoff games. Um, a lot of guys making it deep into the playoffs. Several guys winning the MLS Cup. They know what it takes. Uh, they grind out results. They find ways to win. We relied on our Argentinian players this game. You know, who's going to step up for the next one? Um, you know, Lucha is going to be game for it. He's always out there bringing the heat. So I'm ready for uh, this game coming up on Saturday. Zach, any last thoughts? No, I let, let's move on to round two. And I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the remaining games for the revs and Philly to see who we uh, play in the next round. That's right. Yeah. I, I think it'll be interesting. It kind of keeps me engaged in at least watching some of those. Um, we'll touch on it probably a little bit more, even on the next one. But for me personally, like I would love just to beat Philly again, especially in the playoff setting like this. And just to like, say, Hey, we're the dominant team. Um, they have a one Oh lead in their series right now, but We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to another uh, Pat Noonan. Um, is it Chris Curtin. Albright? G or, Jim Curtin. Jim Curtin. God, I couldn't even think of his name. That's all right. Wow. <laughs> we have Chris Albright. Um, too many union people. Like, yeah. What the heck? Um, yeah, seeing that matchup and, and seeing Pat triumph over that would be amazing. Absolutely. Hopefully next week we're going to be talking about another dub, but Thanks again for everyone for listening. Tune in YouTube, Spotify. We're on Reels, on Instagram, TikTok. Um, thanks again for tuning in. <laughs>